It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. It's the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is a very relaxed, calm, cool, and collected Lane McCool. Follow him on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. Uh, you can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Chill vibes. That's what's going on. Chill we're, uh, we're, we're chilling in the bye week, five and one, uh, enjoying our tea, as, as, as you can see. Uh, and, and, you know, listen, uh, after, after breaking down uh, the uh, All-22 and, 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 and coaches tape of the New England Patriots uh, game, I, I definitely felt like there was cause for uh, – for a little celebration, a little mm. vacation, a little uh, a little time to relax and, and enjoy enjoy the, the the video. A little R and R here for the Cowboys and for us, but uh, we're yeah. gonna get to the All Twenty Two. Uh, and there's a lot of fun takeaways from that All Twenty Two. And yes, we're gonna wear the shirts and the sunglasses the entire podcast. So. That's right, the entire podcast. So the I hope you guys podcast. are ready for this. Yeah, uh, get over. <laughs> uh, all right, over let's uh, let's get to some of our All Twenty Two notes. And Lane, I just want to start with some overarching things. So. Uh, what were some of your biggest takeaways from this uh, tape after you watched it? Well, I think, you know, the biggest thing, honestly, is just the kind of chess match that was going on between Kellen Moore and Dak and uh, versus Bill Belichick. You know, they it, it was it was as advertised, you know, I mean, they 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 continually were trying to do different things. Uh, they were continually trying to do different things to slow things uh, down for the Cowboys uh, and the Cowboys had answers for most mm-hmm. of everything. You know, I, I think you could watch how uh, quarter by quarter it seemed they would try a, a different plan. They would try to take away something for the Cowboys, whether it's, you know, you know, they started out, I think, stacking the box and, and showing uh, a lot of 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 looks of, you know, to try to stop the run. Uh, then the Cowboys would adjust and then the, the Patriots would adjust and suddenly now. Uh, the Cowboys are eating up the flats in flat passes, right? And I, I think the whole third quarter, uh, whatever adjustment the Patriots made left the flats open for Zeke and Pollard. And I think, you know, Zeke had like seven catches for like 55 yards. We don't even mm-hmm. talk about it. But but it's like yeah. – it's just stuff like that, just the kind of the, – the okay, you're going to do this. Well, I'm going to do that. All right, well, you're going to do that. Now I'm going to do this. And it was just kind of constant throughout the game. And, and then – uh, you know, I think the other element that it was difficult for the Patriots to kind of overcome was it wasn't just the, the chess match between Kellen and, and and Belichick. Then you get Dak changing all the angles by breaking the pocket and mm-hmm. and 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 you know creating space for his wide receivers. Uh, it was just a masterful performance by this offense in this game. So I don't know if you caught this uh, going into the second half, and I don't even remember who the sideline reporter is, so I apologize. But they said 
the Cowboys spent all week basically creating two different game plans because they wanted to have uh, after you know after the first half something totally different for Bill Belichick to have to game plan because they didn't want him to try to make adjustments based on what he saw in the first half. So an entirely different game script. And we kind of saw that, right? Just different uh, personnel grouping, some different route combinations. Uh, it was it was really, really fascinating to see the kind of chess match here between Kellen Moore and Bill Belichick. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, the, real quick, one of the things that, you know, we talked about and, and the people had talked about a lot was just the the kind of ability of Belichick to pull something out you know, at the end of the game or at critical situations that no one is expecting. And, and I feel like the Cowboys kind of turned the tables on him a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Because it felt like at the end of the game, uh, you know, when they're driving to score, uh, to kick the field goal, and then at, at, in the overtime when they're driving to score, it's like the Cowboys suddenly pulled out all their man-beater concepts, yes. right? And, like, yes. they have mesh going across the field. They, they're, they're running crossing routes. You got guys running free. Uh, it, it was just – it was so masterful for them to say, say – Oh yeah, by the way, now deal with this. And 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 right in when the moment they need it, it, it was very Belchekian, if, uh, if that's a uh, if that's a you, word. It is. It's a word, right? Uh you know what I noticed? They didn't really run any screens in this game. I think the Patriots are so well coached against screens that the Cowboys just figured, you know what, it's not worth our time here. They tried a couple and they they worked very poorly. You know what they were trying to do instead was they did a lot of, and we talked about this just a second ago, a lot of throws to the pass where they cleared out, uh, throws to the the flat, I'm sorry, where they cleared out everything underneath Mm -hmm. by sending deep routes and then having Zeke kind of run out. And then after that, if you saw, there was a period, you know, where they were trying to do kind of, uh, I don't know if they're called tunnel screens or not really because they were kind of in route, but like you saw where it was almost like a slant flat, except the guys weren't running slants. They were just kind of running up and then blocking, blocking. essentially, yep. Yep. Uh, and, and then they tried to run the tight end outside, or or, or uh, I think you know, Zeke was one of the running backs one time. They tried to run that way, so they you know they were trying different things to try to get create easy passes to take advantage of the blitz, uh, and and they were having success. I mean, Dak had an incredible game against the blitz, and if you look at his numbers uh, when he was pressured, uh, that's you know when he had some of his best throws without a doubt. All right, I want to continue to talk about the offense, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. You can cash out at any time using your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents off every single gallon. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Landon, let's let's talk about that offense. I want to talk about Tyron Smith because I've never seen a Hall of Fame offensive lineman get less respect from the officials than what Tyron does. Uh, 
both of his holding calls, I guess you, one was more of a, I don't know if it was a holding, it was an illegal hands, hands in the face. face but yeah. the first one on Matt Judon, first of all, do you know that's not supposed to be called a penalty when yeah. a guy's trying to rip his arm up through? Like they got rid of that this offseason. And even then it wasn't a hold. Tyron's technique is so good where he kind of waits, 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 and then just grabs you right at the end. Judon kind of snaps his head back to exaggerate and – he gets a holding call. I, I just don't get it. What does Tyron need to do to stop being on the officials' bad sides here? I, I don't know. I mean, this feels like you know they specifically you know legislated this kind of move, and 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 you know this is not the first time I've seen it called this year too. So uh, I don't know if they just need to like refresh the refs on this, but there's a very clear reason as to why they did this, you know, and. Uh, and why they got rid of this this as a penalty. So I would love for them to not call it anymore. It's so um, frustrating. It is frustrating. And again, like it, it just felt like these were all just <laughs> mechanisms to keep the game close at certain points because – You mean you know, America's back- Game of the Week on Sunday with you know, the most viewers they've ever had since 2015? I'm shocked, Landon, that you would say that. Maybe. I mean, I don't – I mean, what a weird coincidence that that would happen. Um you know, 27 and, and million the, viewers in the last three minutes of that game, by the way, just putting that out there. That's just crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I mean, I think, you know, you go back and watch uh, the tape and, and, you know, when you watch the tape is there's no, there's no audio and there's no uh, commentary. There's no, there's really no in between. It's just kind of the, the, the situation by, by looking at the scoreboard and then, and then the, the play. You watch that, and the Cowboys just absolutely dominated that tape, you know. And, and and there's no, there's very little refereeing in there. I mean, you obviously see the results when you see the setups of the plays, but uh, it's just when when you take away all that other stuff out of it and just watch what the individual plays in a row, uh, the Cowboys were 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 absolutely dominating uh, that game. Um, and, you know, they definitely had some defensive slip ups at points, um, but I, I think for the most part, you know, you take the refs and you know the self-shooting stuff that is a lot of times tied to the refs out of the mm-hmm. picture and, and the Cowboys uh, definitely just look like a, a, the much better team in, uh, of those two teams playing on Sunday. What about Connor Williams in this game? You know, I thought that uh, I thought that he played a pretty decent game. I mean, certainly better than I expect going in to watch just just based on you know kind of what we heard and during the game and the penalties and the stuff. I mean, the holding calls that he got on him were. Bad. They're bad. Man, pretty ticky-tacky. Well, I and, think the one was bad. The, the one especially where he – it was right at the end of the game. He didn't need to do it, right? That's that's the worst one, right, with the final drive of the game? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it felt like it, it – he it just got away from him. The guy started to separate a little bit, and he was yep. just – he let his hands – he should have just let go. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought for the most part the offensive line played really well. They did. Uh, you know, they did a really good job in protections of kind of mixing things up and keeping New England off their toes uh, – on their toes. Uh, you know, they 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 weren't afraid to uh, to use five-man protections uh, in passing situations. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times they guessed right. And, 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 and then obviously they were mixing it in with max protect with in 12 personnel to kind of – allow those longer developing plays uh, against the blitz to, to, to happen. So, uh, you know, there was just other times when, you know, Dak knew that there was a free runner coming and, and they would run some of those plays like we talked about earlier, like the uh, kind of out behind receivers that was like uh, kind of a pseudo hot route. And, and really, you know, until 
uh, New England and Belichick kind of made an adjustment to take away the flats or start at least paying attention to the the hot routes, uh, the Cowboys were able to get kind of really efficient, easy money plays yep. uh, by just yep. kind of dumping it out short to the receivers and letting them break tackles. Um, am I allowed to say good things about Ezekiel Elliott? Like, is that oh wow? I don't know. That's your call, buddy. I mean, uh, yeah. I thought he was fantastic in pass pro in this game. I, I really did. Like, he was so good at fighting the guy that Belichick was going to send. Uh, he was so good at just kind of recognizing pre-snap who it was going to be. And then he made the blocks. I just thought he was really good. Yeah, he did. And I, I thought that he, uh, you know, there was a couple different runs where, again, he sees it. He sees it developing so well, and he waits patiently for the for the alley to open up, and then he just zips right through. Uh, yeah, so he's running in in peak Zeke form, like you know, rookie year, second year form. It, it really is fun to watch. Yeah, I thought he was really good. I thought Pollard ran really well in this one too. There wasn't a ton of running room for him in the middle, uh, but I thought he was good. Um, any other notes on the offense before we move on? I, I will say, you know, kind of on the Patriots side of our offense, I was surprised that they played so much man coverage. You know, I mean, I think I understand that they, you know, they are a man coverage team. They're one of the highest, if not the highest man coverage are, teams yep. in the NFL. Uh, but I still was surprised that they decided to go that route uh, against these receivers. And I, I think, think it's they because paid. they didn't trust their pass rush to get home at all. And they Maybe. Really didn't, you know, and I, Belgium usually isn't a heavy blitzing team. So if you're going to use a lot of zone. I kind of feel like you need to use some of those zone blitz concepts. I just don't think he trusted his pass rush at all in this game. Yeah, and I mean, and to be even further fair to the Cowboys and, and Dak and to the offensive line, you didn't see the jailbreaks or the kind of confusion that you usually see against a Patriots defense. So uh, the Cowboys clearly came into this game extremely prepared for what they were facing uh, and didn't really seem you know, thrown off by any of the major shifts or changes that happened during a game when you play a Belichick defense. Yeah, I just thought the offense was really good. I thought this is one of CeeDee Lamb's best games uh, for a couple yeah. different reasons. Not only the game-winning touchdown, but the the fade route that he had to catch the touchdown. He, that was a much harder catch than he than I think people know. It was a much harder throw than people always, the, I thought when Dak threw it, he threw it out of bounds. I'm like, he just I mean, throwing a fade from a shotgun is not recommended no <laughs> like no, no, it's no. not easy and, and, and saying, that was a he made cd throw. made it look way too easy on that play because that is yeah. an incredibly hard catch to to kind of grab it over your shoulders and get your feet in so i also thought he did a really good job of making plays after the catch uh we mentioned kind of these tunnel screens that weren't really tunnel screens but he had a couple times where he got the ball uh made a guy miss and got up the field i think it was in the last drive of the game in overtime before they uh yeah it was before they scored the touchdown he had a you know run caught a ball had a nice run after the catch to kind of get them past the 50 yard line just a he's a really really good player that seems to be becoming more comfortable in this offense last thing on the offense before we move on is i did notice going back on all the short yard short yardage is clearly where the cowboys struggled in this game uh, against New England, and that's not a surprise. New England no. is one of the best in the league at that. But I, I thought it was interesting that if you, I went back and watched, and and on basically every short yardage down, the Patriots were having the their defensive line just basically submarine. Yes, all the all the interior offensive line just to create a bunch of clutter in the middle of the field so that you couldn't create lanes to run through the end zone. So it was interesting that the one short yardage situation that seemed to work when they ran the football is when Zeke 
took the ball, saw that the clutter, the, the middle was cluttered, and then bounced it back outside and was able to cut the, get the corner and get the first down. So it, I thought that was an interesting plan by the Patriots. If there's one thing the Cowboys do need to fix over this bye week is their red zone struggles. Even going back to like 2019 when Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator, they've really struggled in the red zone, and they've got to become more efficient there because when they get to some of these big games, they can't be settling for field goals. They can't be turning the ball over inside the 10-yard line. Got to be better there. I mean, they almost scored three touchdowns on that one on that one drive that they didn't score any touchdown. I mean, I, know, Cedric, I, I went back and watched that Cedric Wilson catch on the one yard line like four times because I was pretty convinced that he actually scored it's, on that. Play. He's closer than what they marked it. I'll tell you that much for sure. Absolutely, because he was not. He didn't even seem down immediately when yeah. they. And 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 I'll tell you what. Same thing with uh, with uh, 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 Dalton Schultz when that on that one play where he got rolled over. And yeah, yeah. He yep. landed on his feet. They shouldn't have called him down. I'm sorry. We have to add one more thing that I, sure. uh, before we get on the. We got time. I got. I noticed that, and I've been noticing this for a while. And I don't know if this is a Cowboys thing or if this is a Dak Prescott thing. But one thing that Dak has really done well is on like out routes, any route where they have a wide receiver going one direction, right? Like it, it, mm-hmm. kind of in a long way. Dak has done a really good job of putting the ball on their back shoulder so like if they're running and out like he does a really good job of putting the ball on their back shoulder which allows the receiver while they're catching the ball to change their momentum back the other direction and then having the defender kind of over pursue the other way now there's a danger to that there's a danger if you throw that too far inside the tip yeah yeah or yeah it gets if you throw it too far inside it can be a pick six the other way but if you're trying to maximize yards after catch that's how you throw that ball Right. Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb, each one of those guys had at least one catch where they're running and out. Dak puts the ball on them in such a way that they are forced to stop their momentum. Mm-hmm. And, and during the act of the catch, they're already changing their, their uh, momentum to the other direction while the defender is you know over-pursuing, blowing past them the other way. It's, I know it's for really fa- impressive. I know for a fact that's something that the Cowboys work on in practice because that's really a staple of their offense is it catching is. the ball, get upfield as quickly as possible. Uh, we've seen them do this for a while. Like Cole Beasley used to be really, really good at this. Is kind of catching the ball, ducking onto that first guy, and then getting up the field. Uh, so it was it, it was nice to see that again on Sunday. Yeah, uh, it was. All right, we're going to talk about the defense, Landon, because I I've got some interesting notes on the defense. But before we do that, I just want to talk to you guys about McDonald's. The locked on or the this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. I had a sausage McGriddle this morning for breakfast. Mm. A- absolutely phenomenal. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to all of our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. There you go. That's about as close as you're going to get to me singing on this podcast. It's pretty good. It's a there pretty. Go. We're, we're going to need to make a ringtone out of that, I think, at go. some point. Uh, also, Built Bar. Listen, shout out to Built Bar. I got a, a special package in the mail yesterday. Coconut brownie chunk. They sent me a, mm-hmm. a little six pack sampler. Uh, so shout out to Built Bar. Uh, if you want to try some of their fantastic protein bars, go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next box at builtbar.com. Highly, highly recommend uh, yep. the, the c- coconut brownie chunk. They've got a cookie dough one out. They're all the cookie they're dough all one out. I had yesterday. Is so good, man. Yeah, it's so good. good. Yeah. Uh, coconut's also just one of my favorites. So many good ones. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys defense. Um, up and down in this one. I mean, there was some drives that they looked really good, some drives where they didn't. 
I want to start with Trevon Diggs. I think if KZ's just not on the field on that Mac Jones throw to the Kendrick Bourne, I think he intercepts that ball. I really do. I think yeah. I think I think Diggs is tracking it the whole way, but he kind of sees KZ, and I think he's like, "Oh, KZ's going to get this one." Yeah, it's just exactly. miscommunicated. I I just think and, that's what happened. And if you watch actually right as the play happens, like right as the ball is being catched, you see you see Diggs kind of turn to KZ. It's, and with his hands like this, like almost like I thought you had this, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, again, like it's it's man free. It's pretty clear. Um, that's Casey's fault. Yeah, yeah, that's it's. I would say but, it's Casey's. But Diggs, I mean, I think Diggs could still be aggressive. Like, just go get the ball. You sure, know? absolutely. But, and I think uh, next time he will. Next time I, know, I think he will too. I don't think he's yeah, going to worry absolutely. about the safeties behind him. Uh, no. Defensive line. It was really e- interesting how they used. Uh, some of these guys, and actually, we saw a clip from the DallasCowboys.com uh, in their little mic'd up session where uh, the defensive line coach is showing. You know, they're telling a series where Bohana's going to be the three, and Osa's going to be the nose tackle. And I, I just I liked how the Cowboys kind of mixed and matched their defensive line in this game to stop the rushing attack, and it worked. Like in the second half, they were far better against the run. Uh, I, I just thought it was interesting how the Cowboys have a lot of movable, interchangeable pieces on the defensive line, and they haven't really had that before. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because, you know, they came out in kind of the big nickel, which is really what they would prefer to be in yes. as opposed to base, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and New England was seemed pretty hell-bent on trying to make Dallas pay for that. You know, they, they wanted to try to run power. They were trying to get to the edges, uh, you know, attacking the, attacking the second level, which is, you know, in this case, is a safety. Uh, mm-hmm. And 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 uh, you know and and an undersized fast linebacker. So um, I, I think that you know they had some success kind of doing that early on, uh, attacking the edges, and then the Cowboys you know made some adjustments up front. You know, really it felt like uh, the Cowboys weren't able to run their defense early on because they couldn't get <laughs> they couldn't get New England in the third down. You know, yeah. and, and I think that that's really once they started getting New England into third downs, you started to see some of the more exotic stuff, you know, the overloading mm-hmm. on one side, the stunts and games, uh, the testing different gaps. And, and I think that, you know, ultimately what you mentioned is is what kind of uh, stemmed the tide there. Right. They, they were able to shift their defensive line a little bit more. Uh, I thought Carlos Watkins. I was, that was had, my next. No, I thought this was the best game he's had so far. with the Best Cowboys. game he's had since he's been here, yeah. without a doubt. Basham, I mean, he, that was the other one. Basham yeah, and, Basham and had a really good game, too. I thought those guys were good. I thought, you know, Watkins specifically at near the you know, second half, near the end of the game, really started to figure out what they were doing to him in power in the middle. It was mm-hmm. doing a great job of sorting through trash, not getting caught up, and finding his way into the alley uh, just to prevent the runs. You know, outside of that, I don't think New England wanted – and not that the Dallas has got a, a, a totally fearsome pass rush at this point. I mean, I think Grady Gregory's playing really well, and I think you can get a lot out of – Micah Parsons, uh, but it's you know New England didn't want to have any part of it. You know they they were they were there was a lot of quick game stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they they were losing the battle at the line of scrimmage on pass plays on passing uh, plays yes on the passing plays really badly to the point where you know they weren't even attempting very much down the field. So uh, I, I think that that is why you know they almost got kind of lulled into sleep to, to a large degree when that seventy five yard pass play happened because they they hadn't really been attempting anything like that because every time they tried to get 
uh, the ball down the field. They were either having to use Max Protect to, to make sure that Mac could stay up, or or Mac was getting murdered right. by Randy Gregory. So right. uh, yeah, I think that there was a lot of just trying to get the ball out of their hands quickly, be efficient, uh, and 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 you know kind of start taking slashes out of out of the uh, out of the uh, Cowboys defense and then once the game kind of started to change and, and the score started to uh, kind of go the Cowboys way that's when they felt like okay well we need to start opening up and start throwing the ball a little bit more down the field um, all right I got a, a somewhat negative thought from this game I think I might be done with Keanu Neal right now it, the last two games have not been very good Landon and I think I just I'm at the point where I, I'd rather just see Jabril Cox out there. Like it's pretty clear he's the future, anyways, at linebacker. Keanu Neal's not playing well enough that I feel like he has to be on the field. I, I, he didn't play all that many snaps. I think thirty-one snaps in this game. But is there really a difference between Jabril Cox and Keanu Neal at this stage? Probably not, right? I mean, we have to see. Like I mean, that's the thing. We haven't even really seen Keanu Neal on defense, so I can't just like, you know sign off on him completely taking over his snaps yet without really kind of seeing an increase in, on defensive snaps. I would love to see him get worked in more. Uh, in packages. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jabril Cox be worked in more uh, in packages just to kind of see I, him. I, what I'm saying is way. I don't think Keanu Neal has been impressive enough for me to keep Jabril Cox off the field. Does that make oh, sense? No, ab- absolutely. And I agree. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's time to see what, what, what Cox can do as a, as a defender and not just a special teamer. Um, and I think that, you know, he's kind of, he's earned that to a large degree in, in some of his play. I mean, the goal line play when he got out there last week, well, it's just, uh, you know, it's just like Keanu Neal on that one. I think it was, yeah, the touchdown throw to Hunter Henry. Like, he wasn't really all that close, even on that one. You know, it's just, I'd rather go with a young kid that's going to be here for the next couple of years rather than an older veteran on a one-year deal. You know, it's not Henry. to say that you should Henry. bench Keanu Neal. No, no, no doubt. Henry definitely pushed off on that touchdown. Um, but yes, yeah. I, I, but your, your larger point definitely did. Did they call a flag out? Or the, uh, you know what? They didn't. Flag? It was weird. Um, uh, they, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, there's certainly nothing in Neil's game at this point that is that should be preventing uh, uh, Cox from getting snaps and, and, and working his way into the defense. I also just think it's better for the team long term. Like, we get yeah. into December. How nice would it be if? You know, Jabril Cox has 250 defensive snaps under his belt, and Keanu Neal has 450. And you can just, you know, when injuries hit, you can have guys that are comfortable that have been playing. I, I just haven't been all that impressed with the linebacker play this year outside of Michael Parsons. That's that's really what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not a I, big think, I think that's fair. Uh, all right, a uh, couple more things. Anthony Brown is having – one of the better years of his career. Like he, this game wasn't a phenomenal game from him, but it wasn't bad either. Like really tackling well. Like that's one of the things I, I really noticed about him is he just doesn't miss tackles anymore, which yeah. is fantastic. Um, we were thinking this year, if he's not awful as a cornerback too, that would be a win. Uh, I think he's been pretty serviceable. And so I just want to give credit to, to Anthony Brown. Absolutely. You know, I think he hasn't even been replaceable you know, replacement level necessarily. Uh, I mean, I think you're, you're going to want competition because you're excited about what Joseph sure. can bring you in the future. Uh, but you're not like, you know, forcing Joseph into a bad situation because Brown is so bad. And that's, you know, that's all you can ask. If, if you're not going to have Joseph be the guy, the type of player who, you know, steps into training camp and takes that job from day one, 
I think the best, the next best scenario is that Brown plays at such a level that you don't feel the need to force Joseph on the field. You can slow roll his development until he's comfortable. Then you can replace him. And, and still, Brown's going to play a ton. Oh, I mean, yeah. even when Joseph, even oh. if Joseph takes that spot, it's not like there aren't a ton of snaps to go around in the cornerback position. So, uh, the we needed Brown to be playing well regardless. So the fact that he is doing so and he's doing it as cornerback too is is really good news for this team. Now, if you are a um, a pessimistic person or a negative person, you could say, well, the Cowboys drafted three defensive backs this year: Calvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright, and Israel Mukamu, and they played a combined zero snaps last week. But if you are uh, a person that actually watches the games, you could say that's great, right? Because yeah. now you're not exposing these young defensive backs to you know big time games yet. You're letting them practice. You're letting them get comfortable in the scheme. I think that's fantastic, and I do think you're going to see more of. I don't know about Nation right, but you'll see Calvin Joseph here in the next couple of weeks, and it'll be good because he's not going to be in over his head, right? He might play 15 snaps a game and that's perfect. That's exactly what you want. Trayvon Diggs didn't have that opportunity last year. Like he got thrown into the fire and really struggled in the first, what, two months of the season. It was only after he got hurt and got to sit for a little bit and watch that he started to play well. I think that's kind of, it's one of the, the best parts about this Cowboys season so far is that Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, Maurice Kennedy have all played well enough that you haven't had to rush anybody else out onto the field. Absolutely. And I think that that's, you know, we're, we're not going to get upset about a, a lack of rookie experience when you're the veterans in front of them are playing well, you know, uh, that's, yep. that, that's, there's just not really a reason to, to get upset about that. The, the rookies will develop. There's plenty of snaps to go around again, 17 game season. There's plenty of opportunity. Uh, give them the chance to grow in a proper way that builds confidence and not, you know, We've seen it before with rookies at all positions. You throw them out before they're ready. They lose confidence. Some of them can gain it back. Some of them return, but some of them don't. Some of them just aren't ever the same player. So uh, I think this is good. This is a good way to kind of roll these guys in at their own pace and at a pace that the Cowboys are comfortable with too because the, the, the level of play in the defensive backfield has been higher than expected. Last thing I want to mention, we've got a full-blown just committee at safety right now. We saw KZ play like 50 snaps in this one. We saw J. Ron Kirst play like 53 snaps. Uh, Donovan Wilson working back from an injury, saw seven snaps. Malik saw some Cooker. flashes there too. It was good yeah. to see him back. He was knifing back in the backfield, uh, tackling guys, uh, tracking them down from behind uh, You know, in pursuit. It, it was he, He's, he's – going to work his way back in really nicely on the other side of the box. Excuse me, 14 snaps for Donovan Wilson. We saw uh, like 19 from Malik Collins. I remember Malik Collins, Malik Hooker. <laughs> you can <laughs> tell that I'm on vacation mode right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, it's a, it's a full-blown committee, and it's great because they're going to be able to kind of mix and match these guys depending on the matchup uh, as we get into the season. And because it's such a long year, you're going to need all these guys like we've Absolutely. already seen with Donovan Wilson and, and that kind of stuff. So just really, really nice to see. Any final thoughts before we head out? No, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, it, this was just a joy to watch. Uh, I thought that even the defensive tape would be uh, would be awful to watch, but it really wasn't so bad. And, and I think that once the Cowboys kind of were able to even things out a little bit, they figured out how to stop the run. They had some nice stops in a row. Uh, there's there was good, th- good stuff to watch on both sides of the ball in this game. And I, obviously – Excited to, to watch such a positive game going into a bye week in uh, you know vacation mode. Vacation, grab a nice drink, 
relax, uh, enjoy the football this week, knowing that your team is five and one and nobody else is better than you. I don't think right now, like there's, there's teams that are on the same field as you, just nobody better, at least in my opinion. And that's about the most optimistic uh, I think I've ever been since we started this show, Landon. I, I feel really good about this team. It's the most optimistic I've ever heard you before. That's for sure. Uh, by the way, did you know we're approaching uh, episode 1000? We're going to hit it here in the next couple of weeks. God, guys. Thank crazy? you, guys. Thank you all so much for sticking around yeah. with us for all this, even through our terrible shirts. <laughs> terrible. These are great. It got this at the end. This is a uh, All right. Lockdown Cowboys. Landon McCool at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.